Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Dan is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and click on the Listen tab. There you can download the Crosswalk Notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Dan. As we get started, I I need your help a little bit. This will be a little bit of fill-in-the-blank, maybe. See how smart you are? Uh, Fill-in-the-blank. I can't get no. Okay. If you want to play this game, then I'll do, you obviously didn't all answer, so maybe I need to sing it. I can't get no but I, and I, and I, I can't get no. I was going to have Jonathan start in, but yeah, he was playing it between services. Satisfaction, right? That, that as we look at that, that this, this idea of, of getting what I want, getting what I need for my life. And as we were doing the message study and, and looking at uh, John chapter 4, it was my message, but we do the messages together and, and we discuss them. And I said, as we look at Jesus, Son of God, I want this message to be satisfying like none other. Because each, each week we're going to have how Jesus is like none other. And this way, this week we're going to see he's satisfying like none other. And this is going to be a test to see whether you're old or not, just so you know. Because Jeff said, whenever I hear satisfying like none other, I think of cigarette ads from when I was a kid. So I actually went online, and I'm not going to show them uh, because I would be advertising for Big Tobacco, and I don't want to do that. But anyways, that, that I went up and looked at the old cigarette ads, and they were, they are, they were all like satisfying. There's nothing more satisfying than having a cigarette with the person next to you and blowing smoke in their face. And, and Jeff is like, the whole message, I'm going to be thinking of that. So if you are thinking of that with, with Jeff, you're old. Then Phil... Phil said he did not think of cigarette ads, but he, he did say, he said, Pastor, I believe that has some sexual connotations. That when people hear about satisfaction, that there might be, they might think about that. And uh, I told Phil that was his own dirty mind talking and that he's going to have to deal with that. But it made me think of the song, so I chose it. And, and this is the reason why, is because the word satisfying or satisfaction means the fulfillment of one's wishes, expectations, and or needs. And when we look at that idea of the, the filling of a need and, and something that we're, we're looking for, that, that we're going to get to this later in the message of where people go to do that. And some people in, in their thought processes think that they can go to these different avenues and that, and that they will get this type of satisfaction or something that will at least help them in the moment. But as we look at this today, we are going to see, as we look at Jesus, Son of God, and what he offers, that he is satisfying like none other. So we begin, and we are in John chapter 4, verses 4 to 6, and we begin. Now he, Jesus, had, had to go through Samaria. He was down in Jerusalem, has to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. 
So to give you an idea of, of what we're talking about and, and a little bit of frame of reference, we have a picture that was actually taken from this mountain that we believe the site of where Jesus was at when it took place. And if you look at that, it, it probably looks remarkably a lot like Arizona. And, and so it would have been in the desert. To give you a time, uh, again, a, a feel for this, is the month would have been April, which, and we know that because it was the Passover, which is about the time we celebrate Easter. So it would have been in that, that time frame. So then I... Because I want to serve you people. I, I, I went and I checked out the weather channel, what the weather is like in Israel in April. And the, the weather there is remarkably much like it is here. That you would have anywhere that highs could be from 80-ish, uh, mid-80s up to 90, maybe upper 90s, with lows down into the 60s. And that would be the time, and, and it was time of year, and what the weather would have been like for, for Jesus as they were traveling back and forth for the Passover. Now, if you do any hiking, you will know that during those times of year, what you usually like to do is hike in the morning, right? You get up a little bit early, maybe before the sun, ideally, and you like to be done. I like to be done by like 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at the latest. We don't know what happened, but we do know that, that by the time Jesus was going, he, they got to the well, which was probably a, a point where they wanted to stop because they knew there would be water. Remember, there's no places to get water here, and, and I don't see much shade either that he's looking for a place where he can, can rest. And so he, he's tired, he's worn out. In the blank, you can write, life has a way of wearing us out. Get worn out. And what I need you to do right now is we're going to look at really four different ways that you can be worn out. And, and we've, we talk about these at Crosswalk a lot. And, and this would be the four boxes we talk about are, are physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. So first of all, there are people here today, and, and you might be one of them, who's physically worn out. Yeah, Pastor, I, I went hiking for 12 hours yesterday, and I'm beat. I just got done working a shift from midnight to 8, and this is normally the time that, that I sleep, so I'm, I'm tired right now, which is why I came to Crosswalk. I, I, wanted, I knew you were preaching. I could rest, comfortable chairs. I'm tired. Okay, so we got that. We have physical, we have mental. That some of you are, are tired because you have so many different things on your mind right now. You have so many different things on your plate. You might be a student. You might have a job. You might have a family. You might be in a relationship. And all these things that, that when you're just trying to keep everything straight, it's, it's mentally draining on you. And so maybe even you are someone who said, I have so much on my plate, I'm going to try to get things off my plate because it's like, it's like hurting my head. It's giving me a headache. Next one, you, you might be, have emotional tiredness. You know, I'm, I'm dating this guy. He's like crazy. He, it's like I like him, but sometimes he just goes bonkers, and then we have these arguments and all these things going on, and it's just, he, I'm tired. Or every time I have to deal with my parents, they ask me these questions, and they don't leave me alone. They don't understand. That's why I moved out. 
And it's just like, stop asking me questions about my personal life, okay? Or maybe it's a, whatever relationship it is, that's the emotional strain. And then finally, spiritual, that you might have spiritual things that bring you here. Uh, the best description of those really come from the book of Psalms, where David talks about what it's like to deal with spiritual tiredness, being spiritually exhausted when he's laying in bed at night and he can't sleep because of a guilty conscience, where, where he thinks about the, the wrong that he's done. He talks about his, his pillow being f- like you could wring it out at the end of the night because of his tears and just tossing back and forth, and, and it's guilt. It's guilt that you have because of wrong that you, you know you've done, but you've, you've just been carrying it. Now, what, what I need you to do is as we look at satisfaction, before we can get that, to that, you need to know what it is that, that, that is going to help you. Because sometimes, like you've seen this like with a little kid, what they need is a nap, okay? That's what they need. They're tired. They're physically tired. And so they need to take care of that. But as we focus today, we're going to be focusing specifically on what Jesus offers with spiritual help. We continue. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not even associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as also did his sons and livestock? This is good. This is good stuff. When you read this, and and you read this over and over, and I've read this so many different times throughout my life, this is what I like to call banter. That that sometimes when you have a a religious discussion with people, there's kind of this this going back and forth where you're kind of feeling each other out and, and, and seeing where this is going. So first of all, to help us understand what's going on is imagine that you are an Arizona Cardinals fan, and you're at the football game and you're tailgating and you have your, your grill set up and you have your uh, bus that you made that is an Arizona Cardinal bus, you know, the Cardinal Express, and you're, you're out there and you're grilling and all the, the, your friends are around you and you're wearing your Larry Fitzgerald jersey and you're just having a, a great time. And then some 49ers fan... In the first service, it was John Heckle, because he is one, but we don't judge. The, but it comes up to you in his Jerry Rice jersey, and he's like, hey, can, can I have something to eat, maybe something to drink? You're like, really? There's concession stand over there. We have plenty, but you're not really welcome here. And then you say, you know what, maybe I'll, I'll fill up my, my nice Cardinals mug and, and see if he wants to have something from that. See, because we do that, we, under, we understand that where we get this tension of just different, the teams and the, the, their arch rivals and stuff like that. That's like the start of it. 
But it's more to it than that. And I think it's one that we can really appreciate this weekend as we celebrate Martin Luther King Jr. Day. We're talking the hate they had. We're talking separate bathrooms, separate places where they could drink, restaurants where they're not welcome, where people would look at them and and judge them. They could tell by, by their skin color the way they looked and say, you are not welcome here. We hate you. And so as you look at this type of thing, which was very real, I mean, it's very real at this time, that that's kind of what, what is going on with the, this woman. And, and as Jesus comes to her, and you can almost see in, in some way she's trying to maybe distance herself from him and, and not even get involved in this. But the, the beauty of this, and, and the reason why it's so important to see, is we need to understand this so that you understand how important it was for Jesus to talk to this woman. First of all, in, in the, fir- the first verse I read, I'm just going to read it right now. It says, now he had to go through Samaria. Here's the deal. Jesus didn't have to go through Samaria. We have a map, uh, kind of shows of what Samaria looks like, where Sychar is in the middle. So Jesus was in Jerusalem, and he's going up by the Sea of Galilee up to the north. As I said, maybe in the neighborhood of uh, 60, 80, 100 miles, depending on where you were going and where you were coming from. Now, you would look at that, and, and if you were map questing that or you're Google mapping it, you, you would look at this and you would say, well, I would go through Sychar because it's the shortest distance, right? But if you were like 95% of Jews, you, there's no way you would go through there. 95% of the people would have gone down along the Jordan River in that direction and along that route just so they wouldn't have to go through Samaria. But Jesus, notice the language here, Jesus had to go through there. Why did he go, have to go through there? Because there was a woman that he needed to talk to. A woman that when he started the conversation would begin by maybe trying to push him away and distance himself from her. Because Jesus needed to share something with this woman. He needed to have this conversation and, and this, develop this relationship with her. In the blank, you can write... Jesus used water as a metaphor. He used physical thirst to show her spiritual longing. If if you would have asked this woman, okay, you have physical, emotional, spiritual, mental issues of of longing that come from being tired and worn out and, and life, I don't think she could have separated them. I think her life had become such a, a soup. That, that she didn't even know where to begin a conversation about needing help or wanting help. But yet Jesus was able to see her as someone who needed it. And, and so what, what he did, and I would use the expression, he went out of his way, literally went out of his way to help her. And that is where I want to just stop for a moment and, and ask you, that as you, you look at yourself, is that something you are willing to do? Is to go out of your way to help someone who's loved by Christ and to reach out to them and, and wrap the arms of Christ around them. It's very rare in these days. It, it is. It, it, it's that we don't have the conversations and, and, and doing that. But one way that we're trying to help you this week 
is maybe you've seen the invest and invite cards. Some of them were being handed out. Some of them are on the tray. Here's what it looks like. This isn't rocket science, folks. This is the names of three people in your life that you want to invest time in prayer and then invite them to something. And this specifically is for Financial Peace University. We said nine out of 10 families need help with finances. And what this is, is for you to identify and target your three people. Three people who might need help that I'm going to pray for and talk to. Jesus leading the way, needing to talk to this woman. We continue. Jesus answered, so he's using this water and thirst, and she's talking about physical, he's talking about spiritual, and then he brings it home. He says, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling to eternal life. This is where the woman makes her big mistake. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water. Okay, it's not a mistake, but I think after she asked for it, she wished she wouldn't have. Jesus, talk to me. Talk to me. Give me the spiritual water. I do want it. And then Jesus starts the awkward conversation. Give me this water so I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man you have now is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. All right. To understand this conversation and to understand satisfaction in what Jesus is offering, we need to understand appetite. Because with satisfaction, there comes hunger and there comes appetite. And for appetite, I'm, I'm going to use myself. Today, on, on Sunday, Sundays are a long day for me. Today's a long day. Started early, and, and then I have services, and standing up here talking is like harder than it looks. I'll just say that. And, but, but so when I'm done, I'm tired. And then I have a meeting to go to at 1.30. So at home, in the refrigerator, I have a six-ounce chicken breast, I have mixed vegetables and part of a sweet potato that I need to put in for two minutes. I'll be able to grab it, eat it, go to my next meeting. And what happens is that that is a meal that, that doesn't weigh me down, gives me some good energy, go forward. The only problem is there is a Carl's Jr. between here and my house. Uh, and, and there are times when I'm not sure I can stay conscious. I'm so hungry. And they have a four for four dollar deal. And it's, yeah, exactly. That's real food. And so they, that we get there and, and, and it's closer to where my meeting is. So what happens is I go in and I go in there and, and the first bite is angels sing. It's just like, this is so good. And it gives me instant satisfaction. And then 20 minutes later, when I'm at the meeting, I'm like slumped over in the chair. And, you know, there are, are we boring you, Pastor Dan? Is this? I'm like, oh, I'm so worn out. I just, I need something more to eat. I need like a, another soda or shake to get me going. See, that's, see, the way it works is that you have this appetite. And instead of feeding something that's actually going to bring you satisfaction, 
You get something that brings instant gratification and then leaves you more hungry at the end than you were when you started. Enter the woman at the well. She wanted one thing, just one. She wanted to be loved. She wanted to be cared about. And she couldn't wait. And so she came up with a way to do it. And that was to sleep with a guy. I bet if I have sex with him, he will then love me. Once, twice, three times, four times, fifth time. And Jesus is talking to her, do you really, do you really want water? Do you really, really want to understand what it is to be loved? Then we're going to need to look at the place that, not the only place in your life, but the place where it is most obvious that you are letting your appetite drive you for something that's going to gratify you in the moment, but it is going to destroy you. We all do it. And and for some people, it it might be alcohol. For some people, it might be drugs. For another, it might be pornography. For other relationships that they sabotage, I don't know where you turn. I don't know what it is that, that gives you, at least in the moment, and even in the moment, you don't care. As long as the way that I feel now stops, as long as I can have at least a moment of it, I don't care if I have to keep going back to this well that's actually a dry well. We keep going back to the well, and we are never satisfied. And Jesus says, enough. If you truly want to have these conversations, today is the day. And let's talk specifically about a sin that is draining you, not only spiritually, but emotionally and physically as well. For this poor woman, this, this, in how much she knew, Everyone in town hated her. Why do you think she was going to the well at noon? If you go to the well, you go to the well at 7 in the morning because it's cool then. Am I going to go when it's 60 and the sun's not up or am I going to go in 90 in the heat of the day? Why do you go then? I go then because no one's there. And, and that's the way it is because married women hate me because they think I'm going to steal their husband. Single women hate me because they think I'm going to take all these other guys. No one can stand me. And rather than deal with them, I would rather deal with the heat of a 100-degree day in peace. And now I got to talk to Jesus <laughs> and understand satisfaction for the first time and understand a man who doesn't ask me to put my body on the table to start, but rather doesn't want something from me, he gives something to me and wants nothing in return. And this woman on this day experienced love that that she had been desperately desiring and a relationship that, that to make her whole that she didn't think she could experience with God now was receiving that. In the blank, you can write, The woman had repeated failures at relationships. She finally met a man who wanted something for her, not from her. He gave her the gift of love, or dare I say, satisfaction. He filled a need. He filled a need that had been with her her whole life. She experienced something she had never experienced before. Wasn't quite that easy, though. 
Sir, the woman said, I can see you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is Jerusalem. We call this hiding behind religious arguments so you don't have to deal with the issues of your life. It happens every day, sometimes by guys who are pastors like me. Yeah. Woman, Jesus uh, replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. And that came true. The, the temple was destroyed within 30 years of that time. The temple in, in, in uh, Jerusalem does not exist. On the site where the, the temple was, there is now a mosque. And nothing short of World War III will ever change that. Jesus knew what he was talking about. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers, if you want to talk about worship, let's talk about how we live our lives. Worshipers will worship the Lord in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. And as if she can't dig herself any deeper in the hole... The woman said, I know the Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Ta-da! And Jesus says, then declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. All your questions answered, young lady. Everything you need to know about relationships, about worship, about life, and they're all found in a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. And they're found in forgiveness and his love and and understanding the connection between what he teaches, both in his law and his gospel, how it's shared in love, that he explains, he instructs, he's gentle with us, he's kind with us. He helps us see the sin that is hurting us. And, and, And just as much as the fact that God detests sin as he hates to see us wallow in it. That he... He's able to pronounce himself as the Christ. Forgive her sins. Give her that water and watch her drink to her heart's content. In the blank, you can write, Jesus makes it possible to worship God in spirit and in truth. And get it out of your head that this is about a place. Worship is about a place or or doing this or doing that. Worship is something we do seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Worship, yes, gathering here is very important to hear God's word, to, to worship him, to, to sing, uh, to, to read his word, to hear it. All of that is very important. But this is also something that's meant to be done on a daily basis as you live your life for the one who lived his life for you, for Jesus Christ. And then finally, many of the Samaritans from the town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. Wow, what a change. She immediately goes and talks to all the people she hated talking to. And why did she hate to talk to them? I I think part of it was them being mean, but I think another part of it was her own guilt. (laughs) She had to to deal with her own issues first. And now that that was dealt with, talking with others and having them bring up her sin wasn't that big a deal because it's forgiven. Yeah, I know. I know I've sinned. God's forgiven me but you need to meet Christ too. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them and he stayed two days. Because of his words, many more became believers. What a great opportunity. And and this woman to to go from where she was, what a dramatic turnaround in in just a couple days in, in a short period of time. 
where she did have that well inside her, and it just came gushing out, not only for her own life, that, that now her thirst was quenched, but, but those around her as well, something she wanted to share, and, and these people uh, enjoyed it as well. In the blank, you can write, she became a spring that served an entire town. One person. One person, the gospel shared with one person, made a difference in the lives of so many. One of the things that that bothered me about this is she doesn't have a name. (laughs) You ever notice? I don't know if you noticed that as we read through. They never say her name. And I, and I went through and I looked. At, she's not mentioned in the Bible again. Her name is never given other than the woman at the well uh, at, of Samaria or at Sychar. So I went digging a little bit more. And this is now, it's not in the Bible. It, it's tradition is that her name is Fotina. Fotina, P-H-O-T-I-N-A. And the Greek word for light is that it comes from the Greek word for light that this woman was now seen and recognized as a light. As a light, as a spring, call it whatever you want to call it, but what she did for that town uh, was reflected in her name and in what she did. Jesus brings satisfaction like none other. And the first thing today as we look at this, that as we look is we need to drink. We need to drink deeply of that spring, drink deeply of of God's forgiveness, understand how how Jesus takes care of every spiritual need, and then simply let it overflow, let that, that, that spring overflow in our lives as we show love to God and others. Now let's close with prayer. Dear Lord God, we thank you uh, that you are a God who comes to us in our need. And Lord, we do. We have so many needs physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, all of them, Lord. And you care and you come and and you have given us something and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we thank you for that. Now, Lord, help us to take that, that Holy Spirit inside of us in your, in your word inside of us and make each one of us a spring where, first of all, we drink ourselves of your love every day and also share it in our lives. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to crosswalkphoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now, some closing thoughts from Pastor Dan. I know we've thrown a lot at you today. Out on the patio, the Arizona Christian State Tuition Organization, ACSTO, if you have any questions, uh, with the Breakthrough Financial Peace University classes. But the, the last one's most important. Don't leave thirsty today. Uh, Today is a day to drink from that spring of Christ. Be assured of his forgiveness and of his love. Uh, Afterwards, uh, Pastor Jeff and I will be here. Prayer team will be here. If you need to talk or anything like that, please don't leave thirsty. And as you go, also leave with the Lord's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen.